Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, and Major League Baseball, and of course, the fight, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and to get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals centric specific show. I am one of your co-hosts. I am Javon J. Love Adams. Just an MC out here trying to, trying to, no country for old men, no country for old MCs. I continue to spit a verse here and there and do my thing. And with me is the one that we shine the spotlight on. Not only did he play in uh, professional baseball and he, he was fast and he could still a base or two and he, uh, don't, don't try to leave that, that hanging over the plate cause he definitely hit it. He also played in the National Football League and was on that, that, uh, that, uh, that Super Bowl team for the, uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, that first Super Bowl team. So he is the one and only Ed Easy Smith. What is good, man? Oh, man. You know, I'm just a man standing next to the man, standing next to the man. Stand next to the man. Stand next to them. Exactly. Exactly. If you know, then you know. Then you know. So so we bring you our version of breakdown covering the Arizona Cardinals. And so uh, Ed played the game, but so he can definitely kind of take us inside the locker room and on the field and some of the mindset. But uh, but we don't necessarily break down quick twitch and all that type of stuff. We have our other, you know, extended network like Casual E. Earl Burnett and some of the other folks that we bring on and and all that good stuff. But we have a good time with it and hope to be entertaining for you. We have a great show lined up for you today. Want to talk about the this is the mandatory this week is the three day mandatory OTA. So we're going to want to talk about who's present. And who's not present? And if that worries you, uh, pro, uh, pro Football Focus came out with another one of their rankings. They're really good for that. And during the summertime, you live for rankings because that helps to drive a show, oftentimes. And so, we want to talk about their how they viewed or ranked the offensive line. They based they based it in tiers. So, I want to get some thoughts on that and get uh, easy thoughts on the offensive line in general for the Arizona Cardinals. And then. Um, just some notes looking at uh, cardswire.com cardswire about what stood out in the first two practices of the day on Tuesday. So without further ado, let's get to it. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So casual of casual E. I was, got casual E on the mind. I hit him up for some business stuff the other day. So easy. Uh, we, we've been on those who didn't show up in the voluntary OTAs. But what was interesting, and I thought we were going to have a big segment to be able to go in even harder on a, on a gentleman uh, by the name of Kyler Murray for his not showing up to voluntary uh, to, I mean, to mandatory OTAs, but he actually showed up, showed up Monday, took his picture, did his physical, all that good stuff. And so he was actually on the field and practiced, but and so I want your, your, how you feel about that. And we have somebody who didn't show up and that is the center for the Arizona Cardinals. And that's Rodney Hudson was absent. And sometimes that happens where, Hey coach, I'm going to be a day late, something like that. But this was an unexcused absence from mandatory minicap. So start with Kyler and then uh, talk about Rodney and whether or not that worries you. Cause there's some speculation that I've been hearing and reading a little bit about as to maybe why he is not present at mandatory OTAs. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
the uh, let's speak on Kyler first. Obviously, I'm I'm very glad he's there, Jay. Um, we've been kind of monitoring the situation all through the uh, preseason or the offseason, I should say, and we know the contract situation going on. Um, you know, and there are people on both sides of the camp. Murray needs to get that money. Yeah, he yeah, he should. And at the same time, like, well, wait, you don't realize, first off, he's under contract for this season. I know right. it's not according to his liking, but they did uh, exercise year five. Year five is worth 28 and some change. I didn't say – I'm not talking about 28000 I'm talking about $28 million <laughs> and some change. So there's a whole lot of reasons why that young man should you – know, I know he doesn't feel like he's has his big contract yet, uh, but it's not time for that. That will take care of itself. And, you know, all through this pre or offseason we've been talking about, you know, if he does show, uh, is that a good sign? If he doesn't show, what does that mean? You know, so he finally does show up for mandatory minicamp. And the first thing that came to my mind, Jay – because now everybody's like, oh, you see? Yeah, he is a leader. He is this dedicated. He is this. He is that. <laughs> you know the first thing came to my mind? I remember what? the first time I asked my dad for an allowance, right? Yeah. I, yeah, You know, because I'm thinking, you know, I take trash out. I rake leaves. You know, I shovel snow when it snows. My dad kind of looked at me like, allowance? Allowance for what? He's like, I, I allow <laughs> you to breathe my air around this house. I allow you to eat my food out my refrigerator. He said, yes, the sir. things you're talking about that you are doing, that's because you're supposed to do them. That's what you're Ooh. supposed to do. So, and you, know, you know, and I used to always love those kids that did get them big allowances and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but for me, Murray showing up literally for me is, well, what are you supposed to, you're supposed to do that? So let's move on from that. As far as Hudson, I'd be really interested to get your take on why, if you have some inside information, because for me, that's a bad sign. I think I talked about it a little bit on the show last week, um, our radio show, I just kind of, I was questioning what are the Cardinals, what are their goals? What is their, you know, uh, what do they want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And the reason I question that is because there's so much distraction this off season with Kyler, his contract, who's there, who's not. And bruh, there are some teams out there that are going to get better because of the work they're putting in during the off season. Not in training camp. I mean, training camp, everybody has to get there. I'm talking about from March until June. That's when championships are won. People think you show up in training camp and and then we all put it together. Nah, that magical ride I was on with the 98 Falcons, the Dirty Birds, that didn't start in August and September. That started in March after we finished the season seven and nine, got to our OTAs and stuff like that. Commitment, everybody was on board through that offseason and beyond into OTAs, camp, mini camps, and then the training camp. That's when it all takes place. And what, from what I've seen from the Cardinals so far this offseason, I mean, if you want to try to get into the playoffs and then get bounced the way we did, you're on the right track because it doesn't seem like anybody's putting in that effort, you know, that serious effort to be committed and that much better. And with Hudson, I'm really curious. I mean, this is the anchor of your offensive line. We went out and we got him from Oakland or uh, Las Vegas last year. You know, he's supposed to be the foundation there, and you're going to bring – we'll be talking about that offensive line specifically here in a little bit. But to this point, it's like I see no everybody all hands on deck. I see everybody has own individual agendas and different things like that. And that I think once we get to the season, it's going to show the lack of attentiveness to the offseason. What we're going to see from this Cardinals team is going to be a lot of – uh, hit and miss here and there. And a lot of that, 
I said, will be reflected in my mind back to how the offseason was handled, including up to and including these uh, mandatory minicamp. Yes, indeed. So you mentioned the aforementioned uh, Hudson. So he's not, so he unexcused absence again. He's, uh, and so I'm, I'm looking at cardswire.usatoday.com. So with, in terms of how they reported it, one of the things they reported is that he's due $10.85 million in salary this season, $8.25 million next season, 33 years old. Um, the, and again, it's, that's one of the things that I'm not always the, the happiest to do or the most, willing to do is the is the just rampant uh speculation somebody's not here what is it did they did did he did he slap somebody did he slap somebody upside the head did he run off the road did he get a flat tire you know what happens and your mind starts to to race uh for those people that are really kind of that love that that chaos right but one of the things i heard was that possibly is he possibly uh considering retiring uh, if you think about uh, years ago, there was the lineman that that uh, ironically enough came from the uh, came from the Raiders, and he was with the Cardinals for a couple of seasons. And one day, that he decided to hold out, and the name escapes me, but it'll come back to me. And so he decided to end up coming back, but he was he he had left a couple of days. This was during uh, training camp that he that he had did this. But so that was one of the speculation: is he maybe looking to get more money, uh, holding out to maybe try to get paid? Uh, then there was uh, a quote on there because the uh, what is it? Beecham, Kelvin Beecham was on the, our local, the, you know, the, the flagship station for the Arizona Cardinals and he was being interviewed. And when they asked him about Hudson, you know, mentioning that he was in good spirits, but that was last week. So not necessarily this week. So, but that's, um, but that's one of the things to kind of keep in mind when it comes to, to keep in mind when it comes to, to Hudson. But to your point, what does concern me is, uh, it, it makes me think, and when I say this, remember that last hurrah for the for the Chicago Bulls, yeah, and where where they wanted to they that their biggest thing was making sure that we gonna we're gonna stick it to them. We know that this is our last time around, so everybody really sold out. Really, it really bought in from Jordan to Pippen to Robin. Everybody just bought in. Phil, it was just this is our last hurrah, and so you saw that additional commitment that comes to it and if you're a team as you mentioned if your goal is to not just get to the playoffs but to be able to maybe win a game or two maybe see if you can maybe even get to the Super Bowl then really being able to have that commitment from everybody regardless of what their contract situation is regardless of what whatever whatever it is all that outside noise all that white noise to be able to focus in on all those little things as you mentioned with the voluntary OTAs the mandatory OTAs training camp all those things. And that just worries me when we, it doesn't seem that as if there's that, there's that consistency, everybody being on that same proverbial page. And doesn't it feel like uh, Jay, that like the Cardinals almost feel like they've already hit the mountaintop. They, they, their actions to me are of a team that, you know, like uh, let's go back. I mean, the Patriots, they were there so long on top of the mountain going to so many Super Bowls and stuff like that. You would imagine you know, after a while, yeah, come on, man, we've been there. We've done that. You know, I'm going to take this off season. This one's for me. I'm going to get my little relaxing, get my chilling. I don't need to be there. We've already yeah. proven how good we are. The Cardinals are not that team. The Cardinals are a team. Bro, when I tell you they could use every single meeting, walkthrough, uh, minute with a coach, uh, minute together as a unit, you know, you're. I mean, this is something that, and and I put the, some of the blame either on the coaching staff in, a, in general or Kingsbury in terms of being a leader. 
Let me I'll put it to you like this, man. There were times when Coach Reeves, he didn't even have to say anything. You could just you just knew if this is important to him, I better make it important to me. So Ooh. regardless of what I have planned, you know, everything else, you know, I'll get to that later on. It doesn't I don't this organization and the way it's being handled and even some of Kingsbury's terminology when he's asked questions, it, it's almost like I don't know where the leadership is, where, you know, and I'm not saying you have to fear anybody, but I mean, like I said, when Coach Reeves says something, I was attentive and I knew, yeah, I might want to make that a priority. It doesn't seem like anybody within this organization is making anything a priority. I'll throw something out at you. Doesn't okay. it seem like the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Rams, a team that just won the Super Bowl, one, they've had a much quieter offseason than we've had here. But they just won the big chip, yet it still feels like they are hungrier for it. It's like they're ready. To, hey, they got that, that that fever. They want to go get, get another one. And you got contracts and things being adjusted. So this is what shows me. Not just the players on the field, but the front office and management, they know how important this is. Hey, let's get our players taken care of so they have less worries on their mind. Uh, you know, they know their pocketbook's going to be taken care of. We we'll make sure it's a great atmosphere around here. We go to so they're doing their part. The players are like, "Hey, sign me up. Where's my pen and paper?" They're putting it on, and then come time for mini camps. You know, Aaron Donald, people like these dudes aren't even making a, a peak. They're like, "Hey, let's get back at it. We want to get that second chip." Whereas here, it just seems like everybody's is, is not all for one, one for all. It's hey, I, I need to get mine, you know. And if I if I'm not going to get it, then and then like I said, as far as the ownership. And above, you know, well, you know, we made some moves last year and the year before, so we're good. And, you know, it just seems like it's totally out of whack. And I think what's going to happen, we're going to get to the end of the season and everybody's going to be scratching their head and calling people out. And I'm like, this didn't just happen overnight. This is something that's been brewing all the way since the end of last season. After that last playoff debacle, we should have been, bruh, in the lab trying to figure out how to make this thing better. And that started months ago, not we're at this point right now in the season. Yeah, interesting. So we'll definitely, of course, we'll be keeping an eye on that as we get closer to training camp and as we get into the season. But let's uh, let's transition to talk a little bit. We talked about Rodney Hudson a little bit, uh, not being present in, present in mandatory uh, OTAs. But let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. I want your your take on the offensive line. But first, uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, the pro football focus, they came out with some tiers based upon the offensive line. And so the offensive line, they broke it down into, they broke it down into six different tiers. Uh, the tiers based upon my, uh, uh, on the offensive line. And so here they go look, from t- tier one to tier six. And then we'll talk about where the Cardinals were, uh, where they placed the Cardinals and then also those folks in the NFC West division. So minor or no weaknesses. That's tier one. Uh, the tier two is high floor. Tier three is high end potential. Tier four is at least one good tackle. Tier five, uninspiring. Tier six, problematic. And so let's, let's get to where, uh, I'll start with where the competition, so to speak, in the AFC and NFC West is, and then we'll get to where the Cardinals are. So the Rams were in tier two. At, uh, at being for the high floor, Rams being the high floor, the 49ers were in tier three, high end potential for their offensive line. The Seattle Seahawks tier six with being in the problem, problematic tier and the Cardinals 
were in the tier five uninspiring tier. Your thoughts on the that ranking or those types of tiers, whatever, take that where you wherever you wherever you like it. But then I want to talk about your confidence in the Arizona Cardinals offensive line because from what I understand yesterday, um Pew was even trying taking some snaps at center yesterday at in practices. And then also we have the rookie that they drafted at center that was taking some snaps as well. So that could be problematic even though they're in the uninspiring tier but what do you think about this this uh these rankings man I, jay anybody who listens to you and i knows how many years <laughs> i've been preaching about the offensive line yes sir every year the jaff comes around and what do the cardinals need i bet man i've been standing on top of that dog on heat for the last three or four or five years Offensive line, we need to address it. Offensive line, we need to address it. And I'm looking at this, what you just uh, talked and pulled up. First thing they say, the, the Cardinals is one of the most veteran-laden offensive lines in the NFL. Now, if yeah. I was to say that to you, in most cases, you'd be like, man, that means they got a lot of experience, right? Right. Right. Well, the average age of the five starters will be over 30 years old. You, I mean – there's there's not a whole lot of experience. I would say there's a dude, a bunch of dudes that have been around the league for a long time. But that, that, that doesn't mean that you actually have great experience. That's just a bunch of dudes that just been there for a little for a few minutes, right? Good it also means that these dudes are prone to injury uh, because of their age. And when you talk about an offensive line, in my opinion, I love a couple veterans mixed in there, but I also like. A, some younger guys that you're grooming to come along that, you know, more athletic, uh, let more in the tank as far as injuries, you know, they can give you a little more. Yeah. We don't have any combination of that. We got a bunch of old mid range guys and we're going to throw them out there. And what does that mean? You're going to have an old mid range offensive line that Ooh. Kyler Murray is going to be running for his life. The majority of the time. Uh, I don't understand you know, if you want that gourmet meal, and I know you've been getting into the cooking, bro. You've been getting it in. Every time I turn around. You I say, made Alfredo <laughs> sauce yesterday, boy. There you go. See? Now, if you want gourmet uh, uh, um, items, right, you're all no disrespect. Don't get you, – you're not going to get your ingredients at Food City, right? True. You're going, you're going to AJ's. You're going to Sprouts. You yes. want some organic, some fresh, you know, that type of thing. The Cardinals, every year the draft comes around, what do they do? They wait to the fourth, fifth, sixth round to go get their ingredients. And then you look up now and we're ranked 25th as far as an offensive line. Why do you think? Because maybe we haven't addressed this over the years. We continue to, instead of taking a right and maybe going a couple miles out of our way to get the AJs, we're like, huh. well, yeah, Food City, they got vegetables too, right? <laughs> and so I'll just go get, they don't got know, dragon fruit. You know, have dragon fruit. Uh, you know, a lot of their ingredients might be a few days older than if you went to AJ. So right. this offensive line is a pure – I mean, if it, if nothing else, it tells me exactly what the Cardinals have seen as importance, important over the last few years. It has not been their offensive line, uh, even this offseason. Last year they did – you know, I give them kudos to go out and get Hudson. But this past offseason, I mean, we, we literally – just kind of just shut Will it Hernandez. down. Yeah, we got Will Hernandez. We just kind of shut it down. And, you know, I talk about, we always talk about where, like as far as your offense, in my opinion, it all starts up front. 
And same thing goes for your defensive line or defensive side of the ball. It all starts up front. If you can create and, you know, control that front on both sides of the ball, you have a chance. That's your starting point. We don't have that starting point. And to be ranked 25th, to me, it's an embarrassment as far as what the organization is, has done. But at the same time, it's we've seen it. It's not like it should be a surprise. If they would have, if somebody would have ranked this offensive offensive line, like they got the 10th best offensive line, that would have been a surprise to me because I've known what they've done over the years. The fact they're 25th, it's like, yeah, that sounds about right. Because, and you use the, they, they, they termed it perfectly uninspiring. Nothing about our offensive line inspires me at all. It's not a dumpster fire yet. You give it one injury or something goes wrong in the middle of that, then it could be a dumpster fire. But right now, perfect terminology, uninspiring. I think it's interesting because when you when you talk about that, there's this might be the chickens coming home to roost, to use a, a Malcolm X uh, term. But here's why I say that. When you look at where they have the, the Seattle Seahawks ranked as problematic for years, it seems that they did not place value on offensive line at all. And they had the same type of approach that, for the most part that the Cardinals have had. And Mm -hmm. so when you would see some of that, you would see, even though I think maybe Russell Wilson had more of the kind of a flair for the dramatic and would want to run around, even if the pocket was clean, maybe it was because he was shell shocked and was running around because of it, or because he wanted to make it look more uh, spectacular when he made that, that completion down the field. But if you're, you can tell the philosophy, I think you'll see oftentimes you'll see that with even a, a Bill Belichick was every coach or every GM values positions differently. And it's interesting how, how that ends up being when you look mid midterm, long-term, how that ends up either helping the organization or putting it in a precarious position. That is a great uh, kind of match there. Jay, you bring up Seattle, uh, our quarterbacks, but minus Russell or minus Wilson. Now he's gone now. Right. Think about this for years. He was the cologne to that non-souring dude. He covered up a lot of the stink because yeah. of his mobility, his ability to extend plays, et cetera, et cetera. Their offensive line continued over the last bunch of years to get worse and worse and worse. And what did he do? First chance he had, he was like, get me out of here. I'm done. Kyler Murray, over the last couple of years, has shown his dynamic uh, athletic ability inside the pocket and outside once you let him – escape is probably second to none out there. He's saved this offensive line from being embarrassed a lot of times. Uh, there's only so far you can go with that, though. Yeah. And at some point, the, the Cardinals, they're in their, their mindset has to be, we have to go shore this front up because, one, if we're going to pay to do $40 million a year, we better go and protect our investment. You let this as small as Kyler is behind that kind of tattered together offensive line. The more you put him exposed out there, and I'll say this, we always make fun of him about his turn, you know, spin and go down, that type of thing. Yeah. uh, He better continue to do it because we all know the first time these dudes are start getting clean looks at him and on a consistent basis, that body's not made for that. And the Cardinals are playing on a very – uh, dangerous highway right now in terms of you're about ready to get this young man a whole bunch of money, but if you can't protect him, I mean, that's going to be money not well spent. 
And like I said, the Cardinals have continued just to, to spray cologne on that body and not want to shower it. And it, man, at some point, the bottle is empty, bro. And I mean, you, you can squash, squash and splash, splash all you want. <laughs> but I mean, you can't get that funk off. All right. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So as we get ready to head out the door, let's looking at again. So cardswire.usatoday.com. So just some of the takeaways. Uh, no Rodney, no Rodney Hudson, no Zach Allen. Um, but one of the things that, and then of course, Kyler Murray was there and practicing. Um, I want to say, Here's something that was interesting. It looks like Isaiah Simmons at safety. He was doing seen doing positional drills with the safeties on Tuesday, leading some speculation that he might be changing positions. And that's a that's a quote from from the article on on cards cardswire.com. They can't do that, right, man? I mean, you grab, you draft these dudes because you're trying to, we want these, uh, Swiss Army knives. We want these guys that can do so many things and be able to be, to drop into coverage and do things, but then you try to maybe put them in at safety sometimes. No, he needs to be on that where the linebackers line up, where he needs to be there, whether he's, whether he's, you know, getting ready to blitz or whatever it is, but being able to do some things in the run game to stop the run. I mean, you can't, you can't do that, right, Easy? I thought that was the whole reason you drafted him to be a wild card, to be that piece that everybody had to continue to keep their eye. Where's Isaiah going to line up? He can cover tight ends. You know, he can, you can put him at safety or you can blitz him. You can put, if you all of a sudden want to turn him into just a safety, it, it defeats the whole purpose of why you drafted him in the first place. It's like, well, let's use the terms like taking a Swiss army knife and use it as a butter knife. And that's all. We're going to use this no yeah. longer for uh, all types of purposes. We're just going to use this to cut our butter. And that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand. And, and here's the thing. Maybe they just want him to get a little work at that position, giving him something mm-hmm. to focus on, knowing that he's going to be all over the place. Uh, I would find it hard to believe, you know, that that would be their ultimate goal for him. You, you just, like I said, you're not going to get the most out of, Isaiah Simmons, if I say you just line him up at a safety position. I do believe, like I said, we, we watched where, you know, he was coming downhill from the linebacker spot. You can put him on the edge. You can have him covering wide receivers or, in my opinion, running – or no, not wide receivers necessarily, but tight ends and running backs out of the back. There's so much you can do with him and to, to, to kind of pigeonhole him like that just doesn't make too much sense to me. And one of the things also in the article, it mentioned that Eno Benjamin and Rondell Moore stood out. You can't, I don't put a lot of stock in the, in the people standing out when they're, when they're, it's, there's no hitting going on, right? And so I don't put a lot of stock yeah. in that when some, when somebody flashes. I've seen people flash during the, during preseason games. There have been times that during preseason games, a wide receiver will flash and I thought, Oh yeah, that person's going to do a good job. And then you get to the season and they don't, and, and they, whatever flash that was, that was, that was a kind of a shooting star, so to speak. Do you put stock into anybody that flashes or stands out during, during a, a OTA? These are the, these OTAs and many camps are the equivalent of how excited everybody gets uh, pre-draft at the combine. It's Ooh. like, you know, it's come on. These are, they're, they're non, hitting practices in some instances they're not even full goal practice you don't want anybody tweaking hamstrings and stuff like that out there nobody's going a hundred percent uh you know that blanks to the wall as we call it 
it's yeah. you know, like I said, I take now what I will say is you you definitely would rather hear that they're shining than than not. But right, I, you know, like I said, they are they are what we thought they are. They're they're basic practices with not a lot of hitting going on. The intensity isn't what you call high, and you know, to call somebody a standout, you know, that's that's like. Being the, the the fourth ugliest girl at the beauty contest, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So when we meet next time, we'll kind of go over the the remaining the reports of what happened the remaining days of this uh, mandatory OTA. I hate you sometimes, man. <laughs> so so again, so Kyler Murray, maybe by the time they they convene, maybe sometime in early August, maybe they'll have that that contract. Uh, extension uh all all hammered out and all those things but uh it's going to be interesting to see as we get more information hopefully about what's going on with the center rodney hudson to see how that plays out as well but as uh but, but this has been believe in the arizona cardinals again i am javon he is ed easy smith you know he's an author too so you can go ahead and you know order his book and everything too go ahead and let them know where they can find that book easy easy does it the journey of a lifetime. If you go to eds.com, there's a book tab. You can uh, order it, and every book that's ordered from my site, you actually get a fully uh, authentic autographed copy directly from me. It's not any stamp or anything like that. It's nobody else's signature other than mine. So edsmithspeaks.com. Got to do a better job of promoting that. That's what's up. So uh, again, on behalf of Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. And as always, we are presented by uh, Bet Online. And as we always like to say around this time, are you kidding? Till next week, be easy out there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.